0: Hi, you're listening to new week number 105. This is a midweek update from New World Same Humans, a newsletter on trends, technology, and our shared future by me, David Martin. You can find the links, videos, and images in this instalment in the email where this podcast is embedded, just scroll down, or on the web, see a link in the show notes. And if you're listening to this and you haven't yet subscribed, Join 22,000 curious souls on a journey to build a better future. Just go to www.NewWorldSameHumans.com to sign up. Hello from London. It's the night before Guy Fawkes Night, and I've just hosted a back garden fireworks display for a gaggle of overexcited nine-year-olds. But that hasn't prevented a bumper installment of New Week this week. So what do we have in store? Well, this week, Google's new AI writing platform suggests new futures for the narrative arts. And new research suggests that Europe will soon wean itself off its addiction to gas. Also, Elon Musk overturns the ancient regime at Twitter. So what will that mean for him and for the future of social media? Let's get into it. Story time. This week, Google offered a glimpse of the future of creative writing. The company hosted a media event in Manhattan to showcase various AI research projects that it's got running right now. Among them were a flood forecasting system and a further glimpse of the quest I've written about often, most recently in New Week 103, just a couple of weeks ago to create everyday helper robots that can respond to ordinary, and that means complex and nuanced, spoken language. But the project that most caught my eye? It's a tool intended to supercharge fiction writers by marrying their creativity with the incredible power of Google's large language model Lambda. WordCraft is the name of this tool and it works just like a standard text editor but with an ai fueled twist. So writers can ask the platform, for example, to rewrite sentences to make them shorter or even funnier. They can ask WordCraft to write descriptions of objects or people that appear in their story. They can even ask the tool for new plot ideas by entering the prompt, What Happens Next? As part of their research process Google ran workshops with 13 established writers who used the tool to help them craft a short story those stories and some reflections on what was learned are now publicly available you can see a link in the email the verdict of these writers well wordcraft isn't perfect And it's far from a replacement for human creativity, but it does generate unexpected new story directions and ideas. Wordcraft made, in short, for a great co-writer. Here's the New World Same Humans take. There's a long-standing principle adhered to by writers working together on a book or a script, and that's you never shoot down your co-writers' suggestions with a simple no. Instead, you always start your response with a yes and. What Google are building here with WordCraft is an amazing yes and machine, a writing partner that produces an endless stream of ideas, suggestions and provocations, And What's more, this partner is always on hand, never gets tired and doesn't ask for a salary. There will surely be a large language model, a tool like this on the desktop of many working novelists and in the writing room around the table for many Netflix and HBO scripted dramas before long. But writers and readers and watchers of television programmes shouldn't worry that these tools are about to strip human creativity out of the narrative arts. These experiments show too, that we're a long way from an AI that can generate a full novel or a full script for a television show. Lambda, and this is common with other large language models too, struggles to keep its story straight for any length of time. It will, for example, kill off a character and then have that same character walk into a room just a few hundred words later. But we're at the outset here of something new. It's perhaps best thought of as the emergence of the writer as creative director, able to summon new ideas, scenes and characters and deploy them at will. What new narrative forms will emerge out of the generative AI revolution that I'm so obsessed with here in New World Same Humans? The newsletter will keep watching and it may even run a few experiments of its own. Step on the gas. Here in the UK, we're preparing for a tricky few months on the energy front. Putin's invasion of Ukraine and the destruction of the Nord Stream gas pipelines means there is a tiny chance the UK will run out of gas this winter. That would in turn impact electricity production. 17 gas-fired power plants here in the UK generate 42% of our electricity. Similar gas woes currently afflict much of Europe. This week, though, new research offered a glimpse of the energy transformation that is imminent. A note from the research firm Rystad Energy outlined their forecast that by 2030, solar energy could be so much more cost efficient than gas that it will spell the end of gas-fired power in Europe. That depends, said Rystad, on European governments taking funds earmarked for the development of gas-fired generation and instead spending that money on solar. And their report said, I quote, By 2028, new renewable generation capacity installed using money that would otherwise have been spent on gas generation would reach 333 gigawatts which would be enough to generate 663 terawatts of electricity. Renewable power generation would be enough to replace forecast gas fire generation by this year, that's by the year 2028. With gas prices now at around 125 euros per megawatt hour, in 2021 they averaged just 40 euros, electricity generation via gas is currently hugely expensive. Rystad reckon gas prices will drop to around 30 euros per megawatt-hour by 2030. But that won't be enough to be competitive with solar. To be competitive with solar, they say, prices would have to fall much further, to 17 euros per megawatt-hour, and that simply isn't going to happen. Here's my take. Energy price forecasts are not typical New World Same Humans territory. What interests me here are the implications of Rystad's claim that the end of gas is coming to Europe and sooner than we might think. First, the climate implications. It's a sliver of good news amid a welter of bad. This newsletter writes often on the way the 1.5 degrees of warming target has drifted beyond reach. Here's a reminder that while we can expect a 2 degrees plus world can also be a world of super abundant clean energy. What kind of economy can we build on top of that energy platform? Second, geopolitics. Right now, European dependence on Russian gas, before the war, for example, Germany took around 55% of its gas from Russia, gives Putin a lever Forecasts such as this one present Putin with a stark truth. The force generated by that lever is waning fast. On first hearing, that sounds good news, and it is for the long term. But there's another question for now. If one of Putin's key strategic advantages is fading away, what extra impetus does that give him to settle matters definitively now? And how might he respond? Crowd control. If you haven't heard... Elon Musk now owns Twitter. You have, of course, heard the fallout was impossible to avoid this week. Mainly that meant the sound of a massive and summary cull of staff. Musk has already fired the board, including the former CEO. Now he's reportedly set to fire around half of all Twitter workers in the US and the UK staff have been waking up today, and that's Friday, to find themselves severed from the company's slack and unable to log into their laptops. Meanwhile, Musk says he plans to end Twitter's infamous blue tick verification as we know it. He calls it a lords and peasants system. He wants to allow anyone a blue tick for just $8 a month. The price seems to have been thrashed out in a back and forth with the horror writer Stephen King. And You can see a tweet in the email from Stephen King saying, $20 a month to keep my blue check? fuck that, they should pay me. If that gets instituted, I'm gone like Enron. And Elon Musk replying to that tweet saying, we need to pay the bill somehow. Twitter cannot rely entirely on advertisers. How about $8? Meanwhile, the world waits to find out how, if at all, Musk will act on his promise or threat, depending on where you stand, to bring free speech back to the platform. Is Trump about to be reinstated? Musk says nothing will happen without a proper process in place, which means not for at least a few weeks. The fallout from this fallout is only just beginning. That will include a wave of revelation as insiders speak out on their truth on the first seven days of Elon. Expect more of tweets like this, and this is from a Twitter employee. Happy honestly to have been laid off, but the veil of Elon Musk is pierced. As messy as Twitter was pre-Elon, it is a veritable clown town of politics and toadyism and psychological abuse now, afraid to get in my Tesla with what I learned this week. Here's the New World Same Humans take. Two Truths First, whatever you think of Elon Musk, it's impossible to write a newsletter about our shared future without his name coming up all the time. Second, whatever you think of Twitter, it is the closest thing we have to a global town square. The coming together of these two forces is consequential. Musk, of course, knows that. By acquiring Twitter, he gains a degree of control over our collective conversation. Musk wants attention. More than any other billionaire, he understands that today eyeballs mean power. So far, so good for Musk. He will relish this week's controversy. But he's about to find out that he's also purchased a set of problems that don't lend themselves to the kind of engineering solutions that get batteries to charge or rockets to fly. That's because free speech, hate speech and content moderation are not technical but essentially political questions. Questions, that is, that see legitimate but opposing human values clash in ways that can never be finally resolved. Should Twitter prioritise freedom and let anyone say anything? Or should it prioritise safety and police the tweets? There's no right answer. It's a judgement call. And wherever you land, millions of users will be unhappy. Living at the centre of that storm might be energising and profitable for now. But after a while, even Musk may come to regret his decision to become a species of person he seems to despise. A politician. Also this week, a federal communications commissioner said the US should ban TikTok. Republican Commissioner Brendan Carr said the app, which is owned by Chinese parent company ByteDance, represents a security risk. ByteDance is currently in negotiations with the FCC about the way it handles US user data. Meanwhile, TikTok this week told European users that Chinese staff can access data generated by European accounts. New data from LinkedIn suggests more workers are heading back to the office. New postings for remote jobs are declining. In the US, they have fallen 5% since their April peak of 20%. Still, it's clear the pandemic has had a lasting impact. It's still very far above the pre-pandemic average of just 2%. Chinese electric automaker Xpeng debuted a prototype flying car. The X3 is a car with drone-like copter blades stuck on top and is designed to fly over traffic congestions, obstacles and rivers to meet a new host of short-distance mobility needs. The makers of online game Candy Crush sent 500 drones into the sky over New York City. The glowing drones flew in formation to spell out Candy Crush. The stunt was an aerial ad to celebrate the game's 10th anniversary. New research says carbon-storing peatlands in the Congo are a time bomb that is about to go off. The peatlands cover 17 million hectares and store billions of tonnes of carbon, the equivalent of three years of global emissions. Now, scientists at the University of Leeds in the UK say the peatlands are close to a tipping point that will see them release those carbon stores. And finally, NASA is planning for international conflict situations on the Moon. The agency says that more than 20 crewed missions to the moon are planned between now and 2026. That includes its own, those conducted by other national space agencies, and those by private industry. Many of these missions will land on or near the lunar south pole. NASA is planning for conflict situations that may arise due to astronauts and equipment operating in close proximity. Right away Thanks for listening this week. The generative AI revolution means the marriage of human creativity and the alien force that is machine intelligence. It's another powerful example of the phenomenon our community unites around. New world, same humans. This newsletter will keep watching and there's one thing you can do to help and that's share. So now you've reached the end of this week's instalment, why not forward the email to someone else who'd also enjoy it or share it across one of your social networks with a note on why you found it valuable. Every share counts and every new member of our community makes us stronger. I'll be back next week. Until then, be well.